I'm Justin Hancock. And I'm Meg John Barker. And together we are... The Meg John and Justin... Podcast! Yay! Yay. Welcome back, dear, gentle, fragrant (laughs) listener. Um, (laughs) And ear pals. Um, So, uh, we are going to do a two-parter, we've decided, haven't we, Meg John? Yes, I'm really excited by this topic. (laughs) <laughs> yes so i want to definitely go beyond the one episode on this one yeah and it, we're going to treat it a little bit like our um uh how to make friends episode where we uh did like the why it's hard and then some advice about how to do it and yes. we're going to do this about um loving ourselves self-love self-love um, so it's going to be like first of all what's it all about and why is it difficult and why it's important and then the second podcast that you can listen to after that one mm-hmm. is how do we go about loving ourselves yes now dear listener you'll know by now that we have launched our patreon uh, we have so pa- one way to love us yes is to, <laughs> is to subscribe to our patreon for that exclusive patreon only content but also because um, love is a doing word <laughs> Don't spoil it, MJ. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, so the second part of this episode is not going to be on our Patreon. The second part of this episode is going to be out in a couple of weeks on our regular SoundCloud yeah. feed that we'll put on our um We wouldn't do we'll that to you. Website. No, we're putting, not going to do putting that. Putting one out and then the second half on Patreon, that no, would be mean. We're yes. not doing that. Uh, but there is other additional stuff on Patreon additional that Additional Patreon get. content you can listen yes. to and uh, on out, which will be come up in a separate feed um, that you will find via Patreon. And you put it into your podcast app and then you have two separate feeds in your podcast app. Yeah, so one for our regular podcast and one for the patreon podcasts if you want to sign up to patreon yes that's patreon.com forward slash meg john and justin and so um let's crack on shall we then mate yes so you had a starting point for this around this this whole idea so it's this whole idea from from bell hooks um around the idea that love's a doing word um, so moving away from the idea of love as a feeling, isn't it? And, and she's talking about it in relation to other people. Mm. So that instead of just sort of saying to people, I love you, which can be a bit, um, you know, not a bit meaningless sometimes. Mm. And um, sometimes people say it when they're actually angry with people and not being very nice to people. Mm. Um, so she's kind of moving it away to like love is love is an action. Love is what you do rather than yeah. what you say. And you were saying that could apply quite well to loving yourself as well. Yeah. I mean, I was it was quite apt because I just done two hours of yoga at home and was feeling amazing and then in like the final thank you to my uh to Catherine Forrester uh yes yoga helix teacher, yoga helix yoga thank you Catherine. follow on instagram um yeah it's awesome uh download her stuff uh pay for her stuff too um yeah. so i and I, so i just done that and i was thinking well um just in the same way that we can't make ourselves love another person and we can't force other people to love us we also shouldn't be forcing ourselves to love ourselves and yes. that love is a doing word for everyone, including ourselves. So that, um, and so act. So it's so it a useful way of thinking about love would be to think about um, acts and love as a verb. And it's not necessarily necessarily saying that we love ourselves, which we'll talk about a lot more. But it's about 
the things that we do and they're the things that That's we can't right. talk about over the next couple of episodes i feel like if people come yeah yeah i feel like if people come across that idea of loving yourself or self-love they might like literally imagine you know standing in front of a mirror saying i love you to yourself mm. or like affirmations like saying loving things out loud yeah. um, and this is like this is like i mean you know maybe people get to that point where they can do that or they find those useful things to do but we're much more talking about acts of love aren't we we're much mm. just more talking about what's it like to treat yourself in a loving manner yeah. or a kind manner mm. um it overlaps definitely with the concept of self-care but we've kind of talked about that elsewhere and, and we'll continue to do so but i think that loving has a slightly different sense to it it's you know it's about yeah like giving yourself love and kindness rather than just doing those kind of everyday acts of yourself self-care self-care often ends up being just more about making sure you're washed and you know sort of yeah. fed and and that kind of thing yeah. yeah i think like yeah self-care is the kind of thing that we need to come to in often in times of emergency or in times of crisis something that mm. we're or times when we're not well or times when we're experiencing trauma um something like that that it's a reminder to come back to um, the basics that we need to do so it is an act of self-love as well as being self-care but this yeah. is more broadly and we're kind of going to be talking about how to we are talking about creating the conditions wherein we can do loving things towards us rather yeah. than saying rather than saying look you need to get to this end point of saying uh, of being able to say to look at yourself in a mirror and say that I love you which um, is going to be very hard would be very hard for a lot of different people but also it's very goal focused as well we don't yeah, want to be goal exactly. focused we want this, to be this talking is about process. the process process focus so like yeah. how can you act in loving ways towards yourself whether or not you're feeling it mm. in a sense like hopefully be acting in self-loving ways does improve you know or increase that self-loving feeling but it's not about having that final goal of being able to say i love you self exactly you're lovely. you're lovely you are <laughs> yeah and also yeah. it kind of i guess it can be let's talk about the cultural stuff around it as well yeah because, um Big time. you know the uh, we talked about this now uh, what is love but a biopsychosocial phenomenon uh, that catchy podcast. podcast that we did yeah. best podcast heart we've done just saying yes. but uh, <laughs> but anyway um and it was an ex- did you sing in that one as well i can't remember did i did what's sing? love but a biosexual phenomenon there you go what's love there you go yeah. your, you're on cue <laughs> thank you <laughs> i try <laughs> but uh you know uh, it's culturally expected that we say i love you in romantic relationships maybe also in uh some in familial contexts as well um, yeah i was watching actually an episode of queer eye last night uh, from the new series which is fab um, oh, it's so good! I'm uh, watching it too. Yeah, where a couple of daughters were saying to their mum, Wanda, that you know, you never say <sighs> yeah. you love us, and it's like, and she was saying, well, I think that love is doing, and they were like, well, we could do with you giving us a bit more, and I found that really difficult, kind of watch. But you know, there yeah. is a kind of an expectation that people, there's a bit of an expectation that people might say, I love you in family relationships, or mm-hmm. use the term love in family relationships but not really so much about friendships and certainly not so much about ourselves. Like no. if to go around saying, uh, you know, I really love myself, then particularly in the UK, maybe that comes across as cocky, selfish. Um, yeah. Weird, freaky. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, and it's, it's a double bind that people are in because actually a lot of self-help 
is saying you must love yourself yeah. you know and giving people messages like you have to love yourself before you mm-hmm. can love anyone else yeah. and like you know but loving yourself is this vital foundation so people are kind of shamed for not loving themselves mm-hmm. but then there's an equally no maybe equally even even more strong like you shouldn't really love yourself mm-hmm. and in fact the whole basis of consumer capitalism yes i've said it um is you know to tell people that they're not lovable that they're lacking there's something wrong with them and that's why they need to buy loads of shit so you know we're getting this double message and in fact oh you know it's a nightmare because it's like feeds on itself like that snake eating the tail kind of shit because then you're like oh no what's wrong with me is i don't love myself so therefore i must buy all this self-help literature and other things and bath bombs and it's like you know constant awfulness yes exactly you've hit the nail on the head there because it's because uh, all the advice is saying you've got to be able to learn to do this and to say this word and to think of yourself this way and Mm -hmm. then uh, that people buy into that advice uh, can't achieve it uh, because how could you under this capitalist nonsense and buy more of it Uh, and it's like what it comes back to exactly what we have said in other podcasts about sex advice and relationships advice and it's the same kind of thing so Mm -hmm. this is why we want to kind of talk about creating the conditions for how we might do loving things towards ourselves rather than saying I love you to ourselves because we um, culture won't allow us to do it culture makes it incredibly difficult for us to do it Um, and um, and at the same time tells us we must do it Yeah. yeah Yeah, so exactly. It's doing a number of us. Yeah. It really, really is. Just like yeah. with, you know, like with orgasms and uh, and other aspects of, it's National Orgasm yeah. Day today, isn't it? Well, we're recording on a supposedly National Orgasm yeah. Day. I recommended reading Petra Boynton's tweets. On amazing. <laughs> Petra just had a moment on Twitter. It was great. <laughs> it's like I'm so done with this shit. <laughs> we retweeted <laughs> it, so uh, go yeah, back yeah, to it yeah. and have a look. Um, so but that's... yeah, we were saying it's a little bit like as well with the juxtaposition between solo sex and sex with others, isn't yeah. it? It's like got some similarities there. It's like we're supposed to love other people, particularly romantic partners, mm. and um, we're not really supposed to do solo love. And mm. similarly, you know, we're supposed to have sex with others. And there is this kind of idea that we should have solo sex, but really only to kind of prepare for sex with others. Yeah. So in that way, it is analogous because often the messages about loving ourselves are only in order to love other people. Yeah. We need to love ourselves rather than it's an okay thing to do in its own right. Yeah. Um, and then also there's just the shame and stigma around it of like, yeah. even though you're kind of being told to do solo sex, you know, you're kind of feeling like, oh, this isn't as good or I shouldn't really yeah. be doing this because there's also a lot of hangovers from all the time when it was seen as a problematic thing and yeah. that sort of same the same kind of slight shame and weirdness you know I'm, I'm, co- I'm committing to this loving myself stuff a lot at the moment and I noticed that that kind of little hangover of like oh, I've done this self-loving thing but there's a bit of my brain still going like is that really okay like yeah. what does it really mean that you spent time on that shouldn't you be kind of doing stuff for other people really or well, exactly. you know what's this how's this really benefiting anyone isn't it kind of selfish and self-absorbed you know yeah yeah. There's um, uh, one of my favourite songs by the Sex Pistols uh, has, mm. I think it's called Feelings. Um, and one of the lines is, you better understand I'm in love with myself, my beautiful self. Uh, and then it goes on to say, I've got no feelings for anybody else. It's an absolute fucking huh. banger. And I listen to it when I'm cross about something and it's awesome. <laughs> but, you know, the way that the way that they were singing that was like... Um, that is so provocative to say, mm. look, I, I love myself 
Uh, yeah. And it's like, and that, and the, the the provocation of being selfish is something that a lot of people find really, really difficult because we get mm -hmm. this message that you really can't be selfish. Um, that's the worst thing. It's to the be. worst yeah. possible thing to be, and obviously that's uh, unfairly distributed. We'll talk about this in a minute, but oh, yes. that thing about you know who is who is for whom it's okay to be selfish and for who it's not okay to be selfish is unfairly divided. But the mm -hmm. but the. The, the the being selfish is this really like um, defiant rebellious thing and mm. um, I mean maybe if seeing it that way might help you to think well yeah fuck it oh, I am going to do it in the way that um, you know punk I guess was asking people yeah. to do it but also that could also be a real barrier to a lot of people uh, by saying you know by having it this uh, kind of rebellious um, disruptive thing that yeah. we shouldn't be doing it and that is one of the really strong messages that we get well that's right it's a tricky one isn't it because if we're coming from a, a sort of ethics of wanting to care for others you know it's it's easy to get that message that loving yourself is is no part in it but the mm. kind of buddhist philosophy that i follow would say the exact opposite again it's like the starting point is self-compassion mm. the starting point is you know being gentle with yourself or befriending yourself is another mm. nice way to put it if you struggle with the idea of self-loving befriending is a is a maybe nice alternative yeah um way of way of saying it and and that you know definitely the idea there is you know i just think about it i suppose if you notice when you're feeling quite critical and judgmental of others it quite often goes alongside being critical or judgmental to yourself yeah. or if you think about the people you know who are quite critical and judgmental of others they're often the same people who are quite mm. critical and judgmental of themselves so it does seem like there's a, a bit of a hand in handness mm. of compassion for self and compassion to it for others certainly if i do those kind of more meditative practices around like self-love and self-compassion what i often notice is oh god i'm just doing the same thing that that person did to me and i I've been so judgmental and critical about that person but actually I'm just falling into the exact same hole and I'm being more kind to myself for making that mistake and that enables me to be kinder to that other person who made a pretty much the same mistake you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I think that's something we'll probably come on to in terms of how we relate to other people and um, and how we can do love towards ourselves in the next yeah. episode um but that's certainly a huge part of it um, yeah. Shall we talk about the uh, the different cultural messages that different people get here as well? Then. Oh, absolutely. Well, you brought when you were talking about selfishness, you brought to mind uh, my uh, well, our friend Lisa Downing, mm -hmm. um, who yeah, yeah. used to um, do these uh, critical sexology seminars with mm -hmm. me, um, has just finished her latest book, and it's called Selfish Women. Oh. And she's trying to reclaim selfishness. Yeah. Uh, for women, because yeah, her argument is very much that women are taught uh, above all to be unselfish yeah. um simone de beauvoir would put it as like being for others rather than being for self mm -hmm. so so that you know the argument is that boys are taught to be for themselves and to focus on their projects and their goals and their mm -hmm. aims and their dreams in life maybe find somebody who can support that or some bodies who can support that but it's definitely seen as legit for them to have ambitions and goals and to strive for those whereas you know women are taught you know still that love is their big adventure and yeah. that really the things that are valuable about them is all to do with how they're perceived by others yeah. like being loved by others being seen as a good person by others being found desirable to others mm -hmm. so even kind of women's pleasures in themselves are nearly all kind of other related rather than that rather than them for themselves if yeah you, if that makes sense yeah I mean, that's not to say that men might don't find this difficult too, but it's the oh, no, different. No. But it is the different cultural messages that men and women receive um, yeah. historically, and, and yeah, I don't. Yeah, 
um, you will know that anyway. But um, um, yeah, there is an over, there's an overarching kind of idea that everybody kind of should be good for others and yeah. nobody should be selfish. But you, the way it's played out, yeah, again, historically and culturally, is that women receive particularly strong messages around this. Um, yeah, and look at yeah. Um, yeah, if we just look at taking a capitalist uh, uh, lens on this, no, not a capitalist lens, but looking at this via capitalism, yeah. um, we look at, you know, look at the jobs that are valued the most. Uh, yeah. They are not jobs where we're encouraged to be uh, caring for other people. The jobs that are actually um, encouraged the most are uh, jobs where we're out for ourselves. I'm kind of contradicting our argument here, but the jobs where we're out for our, you know, out for ourselves and being dominant and taking a lead and being yeah. strong and being independent all of um, which have have more men in those jobs yeah. and the ca- the caring professions are generally seen much more as women's jobs and it's seen as strange if a man's in one of those jobs to the extent that you know you hear people talk about a male nurse yeah. as if it's like a and it's a surprising thing so it has to be coded that way yeah and i guess it that's where it intersects with class and culture and everything as well yeah. because you know just generally people are told that their their bodies their lives their their labor is more or less valuable in society and mm. if you're being told constantly that yours is less valuable mm. um then that's gonna that's gonna come into this as well because if you're if you're constantly being told that who who and what you are is super valuable mm. then it must be a lot easier to love yourself than if you're being told that your yeah your labor is worth less money or your life is worthless um mm. that you're more likely to be killed or imprisoned in the case of black people for example mm-hmm. yeah like all of this is going to mean that you're less likely to find this an easy an easy ask i guess yeah i guess the thing about disability is kind of different as well particularly like visible disabilities i suppose is that Mm. um uh need so the the people experiencing disability might feel the constant infantilization of them of themselves and uh feeling um the feeling of being othered constantly and mm. the feeling of um, not belonging. Mm. Um, but I guess the what might be the messages that disable, I guess that dear listener, that might be something for you to think of if you're somebody who is disabled, but to think of um, the messages that we receive, that you receive about um, to what extent it's okay to love ourselves when, um, you know, is it okay for a disabled person to be asking for something else or... Uh, well, when, yeah, uh, you know, it's that Talk, thing. talking to some of my friends, you know, they say that's a real issue is that kind of like you feel like you're already asking so much from people yeah. in terms of. So it's like if somebody does, you know, you've had to ask someone to prepare your meal and they've not really done it right. So it's not really how you like it. Yeah. And it feels like, oh, I can't, you know, it's not really OK to yeah. ask for it because I've already. And there's that real societal message that of disabled people being a burden somehow. Mm. Um, that really plays into this. Um, I think Liz Carr did this amazing show all about this, of how it plays into kind of euthanasia debates of like, Mm. you know, that sense of disabled people being a burden Mm. and even an internalised sense of like, it's not really okay to be here and to be this burden on others, Mm. you know, even for folks who are doing loads of stuff out in the world as well. You know, it's, yeah, it's really um, insidious, I think. So, yeah, Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, for most disabled folks, there'd be a struggle to do self-love, a feeling of like, I'm already getting so much or I'm already a burden or something. Yeah. Could easily come into it. Certainly those messages for uh, people with disabilities, disabled folk are going to be inherently tied up in a lot of shame that they can't feel like they can um, ask for the kinds of conditions where they can think about self-love because the whole thing is about... already asking so much in order for disabled people to be able to participate in a small way in society when actually 
being disabled means that society has disabled them and prevented them from, from taking as full a part in uh, society and the rest of everyone's lives as they could. Nicely put. And I suppose, you know, where it plays out as well, particularly in relation to mental health, there can be that sense of like, you know, that it, almost like if you're struggling with mental health stuff, it's not really OK to do nice stuff for yourself. Like, yeah. it's OK to do a minimal level of self-care and just kind of try and get through. But like almost, that, you know, do you have to perform a certain degree of mental health struggle in order to get support and services? Mm. So almost to allow yourself to experience self-love or self-joy would be kind of not OK. Yeah. You know, so again, I think with with mental health struggles, there can be a, a barrier to, to really doing self-love even though self-love might be the thing that's actually the most helpful under yeah. those circumstances and again it's just all of it this is all internalized isn't it it's all yeah. like i'm not a good enough person rather than recognizing that society is screwing us and that you know self-love might be one of the really important barriers you know or buffers against that yeah. big time i guess there's sim- a similar thing there around um from uh, for people who have a sexuality that uh, faces oppression um, mm. on a daily basis, that you know that we construe our worth via the through the eyes of other people. So, if we're experiencing homophobia or transphobia or biphobia, then that can have mm. an effect on us in terms of internalization. But also, yeah. if we get this idea that we can only experience that, that we can't that we can't even imagine somebody looking at us in a loving way because there is a scarcity of people who might be able to look at us in a loving way, then we yeah. can't even imagine what looking at us and feeling loved might feel like. And, we, and that makes it even harder for us to, uh, to think about how to do self-love because we can't even imagine being regarded as someone valuable as being loved. Precisely. Yeah, the internalized shame of living in a in a heteronormative world and yeah. a racist world and a sexist world and so on. Um, that means that yeah, there's this extra barrier, but also that means that this is one of the vital, as well as sort of support systems and um, creating you know microcultures of care. I think yeah. you know being a you know doing self love and cultivating the capacity to self love would be one of the big kind of buffers against all of that kind of stigma and shame that people in marginalized groups are experiencing. I guess the other thing as well is that it doesn't mean that we are, I'm just thinking more broadly now, I guess I was just thinking about class, but I'm thinking mm. more broadly again, that self-love doesn't mean that we hoard love. It doesn't mean that we kind yeah. of, you know, that we accrue some of it and hold on to it and put it under the bed and, you know, can't give that to the people. Like That's not really how love works. Yeah. No, we're believing yeah. in like just more love, more pie, you know, for everyone. Um, but yeah. you know that we can have some of this for ourselves, and so some of that, some of this is to do with. Um, we'll come on to this next week, but some of this is to do with like how we make time for ourselves and building us in uh, to be able to, um, you know, building in some time in a day or some time in a week to be able to experience this for ourselves. Um, My and- sense is that yeah, it ex- expands our capacity for love in all directions rather than contracting it yeah. i think when we focus only on being for others it actually contracts sometimes our capacity for mm-hmm. love and so often that kind of what looks on the surface like loving others can become a kind of rescuing or martyrdom mm-hmm. or self-sacrificing that's actually you know um it's almost like because I can't love myself, I'm going to just bombard you with love yeah. and then you're obligated to give it back. And if you don't give it back and you don't give it back in the right ways, then I'm going to be actually quite angry with you. Yeah. Um, that sort of, you know, 
again it really calls into question what we even mean by love and i think again that lovers are doing word is so helpful here because that's not really loving to just kind of give people what we think they should want from us and then get mad when they don't appreciate it the way we want them to appreciate it but that's a really common way of of doing you know familiar and romantic kinds of love well i think it's friendship friendship sometimes i think this is something that people um if you a lot of people's uh, relationship patterns might be to be like a people pleaser or to be Mm. there for others immediately and i think sometimes that that comes from um that looking towards ourselves and how we can be that person towards ourselves can be really really tricky for a lot of people so it comes from the literally not even being able to lift the lid and, and peek underneath to think about well, what might it look like for me to love myself and even the act of doing that is yeah. too tricky so yeah as we talk about if rather than thinking of it in this kind of binary of we love ourselves we don't love ourselves let's try to create the conditions where we're doing loving things towards ourselves and that might be a helpful way to think about how we can start with us before start we can come from like a loving place or yeah. Um, rather than that we love ourselves before then we are able, before we then think about how we relate to others in that way um, precisely I think so and, and I think that it's where where this becomes this sort of vital thing is going off you know I mean Audrey Lord was saying about self-care being a political act mm. but I think what's you know if we can create that container and we have the capacity for self-love then we can actually start to look at the ways in which we are not loving to others or in fact actually harming others yeah it's impossible to see that stuff if you don't have any kind of self-love or self-compassion yeah like it's just too hard mm. to be like oh my god i'm part of these systems that hurt the planet i'm part of these systems where certain lives are valued more than others and mm. i'm benefiting from them i'm part of like interpersonal dynamics where people have got hurt actually i have been a bit of a martyr and that's hurt others or i've been a bit Mm. of a people pleaser and that's hurt others like to look at those kind of relationship dynamics which you and i talk about a lot Mm. is bloody hard Mm. the the thing you need to do in order to do that stuff is is to do the self-love because then it's like you can just about manage to go oh shit yeah i do that thing and you know be kind and gentle to yourself around it recognizing that so does everybody else and it's really hard to do anything different under capitalism and you know maybe you can start to shift that pattern gradually you know with with self-compassion oh big time and uh we find mm. the stuff difficult as well uh we you, we couldn't say that we've cracked this <laughs> i wish i'm practicing this like literally day in day out at the moment yeah totally so i think that's the uh, the one thing that was just coming there before we end this part of the podcast is that you know we're, i guess what we're talking about here is that we can't pass on what we don't have it's this um mm. that and I guess it comes to you know that that kind of um, what is the the advice in inverted commas given by other people is you can't if you can't love yourself then how do you expect to love other people? We're not saying that. No. We are talking about how do we look at ways of doing ourselves and in ways that we can give ourselves the capacity to be able to do others too. And I guess when we're talking about capacity, what we're also talking here about is consent and freedom right yes. and it's about how we might treat ourselves consensually as well as doing self-care so treating ourselves as ethically and as consensually as we might treat a mate or treat a family member or treat precisely a and I, I like this idea of containers is like asking yourself the questions of like what what containers are most helpful for you to have in your life to enable you to love yourself and others as best as you possibly can yeah 
and sort of notice noticing when you're not doing that and thinking about well can I adjust those containers again mm-hmm. gradually over time to build in a bit more time for this or a bit more space for this or make it more of a rhythm that I have and I guess that's what we're going to get into yeah. next time yeah and if you're worried about feeling selfish about this actually think well another way of thinking about it is that the more I can give to the, myself the better this is for everyone else around me so you can yeah kind of I always think that's that a way. useful that's a yeah. useful way in in our culture which is yeah. so like you can't actually do it for you so can you sneakily do it because yeah. you know you're doing it for others and it's kind of a win win because you either way either way in you're doing the thing yeah which is the good thing to do yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah there's uh, Pema Chodron, a Buddhist teacher that I listen to a lot, says, you know, that some of her teachers um, who came over from Tibet were like just flabbergasted by the extent to which this was US culture, I guess, you right. know, that people that just people did criticize themselves and just couldn't handle, Gosh. you know, doing these kind of practices at all. Wow. Um, you know, they were just like, wow, uh, we wouldn't even see things in this way that you're talking right. about where it's like, I don't deserve this. You know, I'm, I'm not a good person. Am I doing it right? I must be doing it wrong you know all of that kind of so it's so that shows just how kind of culturally sort of deep it is within us I think capitalism loves a self-critic who feels like they can uh, never be doing good enough yep (laughs) (laughs) ideal worker yeah so this is a very anti-capitalist practice that we're going to be talking about next time (laughs) so I will bring this uh, podcast to a close uh, and you'll be able to listen to us again in a couple of weeks where we're giving you some of our hot takes, our tips and advice uh, on how to go about loving ourselves or how to be, do loving things towards ourselves. Um, we are going to talk about wanking as well, aren't we? But we are, <laughs> not be just in there, that. but it won't be the only one, but it'll be one of the ones, yes. <laughs> so, um, and a reminder, you'll be able to find that and a blog about this at megjohnandjustin.com where you can find all of our other free um, podcasts that we've made available over the last couple of years. But also, if you want that extra content, uh, go to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Meg, John and Justin. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, tweet us uh, at Meg, John, Justin. And you can email us via our website, uh, megjohnandjustin.com. I did Thanks. all the I did all of the outro. Sorry, I got selfish and did the That's outro. That's great. No, you you love yourself <laughs> with that outro. Yeah, I love doing it. I had like a, it felt nice to do. Okay. I always forget which ones have the and in and which ones don't. That's yeah, why it's to, getting tricky, yeah, get, isn't it? I get yeah. nervous. Yeah, like am I going to say it wrong? Anyhow, um, um, bye for now, time. and we will talk to you again, ear pals, See and we will give you some self love and love tips in a couple of weeks. Bye. Big time. Bye.